I'm on the winning side. Yes, I'm on the winning side. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Winning Side Podcast with Jeremy Coburnett, pastor of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. It is God's desire for His people to experience victory and to live on the winning side each and every day. We are so glad that you have joined us today and pray you will be blessed as you listen to today's edition of The Winning Side with Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. Good afternoon and thank you for joining us today on The Winning Side broadcast. This is Daniel McManus filling in today for Pastor Coburnett. Hope that you're having a great day on this Tuesday here in February. Sure has been a windy, sure has been a chilly day, but uh, hopefully all that will pass eventually and we'll see some uh, sunnier days, but also no more rain. Uh, but like I said, I hope you're having a great day, whether you're listening on Facebook, whether you're listening on YouTube, uh, whether you're listening on the podcast or also on the live stream, uh, or currently you're listening on the radio. Thank you for tuning in. We do hope and we do pray that this broadcast today will be a blessing uh, in your life individually. I do have a couple uh, birthdays to, uh, to mention here, just one birthday really, uh, Brother W.T. Myrick. Hope that you have had a great day already today. And then also it's your special day as well for both you and your wife, Brother W.T. and Miss Judy. Uh, happy anniversary as well. Hope that you're having a great uh, anniversary right here the day before Valentine's Day. Uh, such a special time of the year for so many people. Uh, we are looking forward to a great day in church tomorrow. Wednesdays around here are always so exciting with the chapel services and the Christian school and then also the church service that we have tomorrow night. Uh, let me encourage you, if you are not in the habit of going to midweek church service, uh, to make that a habit of your life, to, to get refueled in the middle of the week here at Victory Baptist Church. Of course, if you have a home church already, uh, don't neglect their service. But we would love to have you here as Pastor uh, Coburnett gets into God's Word, as we study God's Word together. Uh, and then also the teens on Target, uh, something for the teenagers to help them, uh, practical on their level, and then the master clubs that takes place. Just such a great time, and it's all centered around God's Word. I remember being a kid going to uh, something very similar to master clubs and how learning God's Word as a kid has helped me all throughout my life at this point. And learning those principles, laying a good foundation. You can't go wrong introducing God's Word in the heart of a child. And so let me encourage you, maybe you have a grandchild and they aren't doing anything on Wednesday nights, or maybe you have a child and they aren't involved on Wednesday nights. Uh, get them to church. Uh, let God's Word be invested in their life. Uh, what better way to spend a couple hours uh, halfway through the week? But like I said, we are excited for service tomorrow night, but also uh, I'm especially excited for next Monday and Tuesday. We have our special winter revival uh, here at the church. It's going to be a great time with the Reigns family singing and then Brother Ricky Gravely preaching. Uh, if you've never heard Brother Gravely, I'd encourage you, please be sure to be here. It's going to be a great time of fellowship, uh, but also refreshment in God's Word of spiritual uh, nourishment as well. Uh, in just a second, we have a uh, devotional here from Matthew chapter 6. I'm hoping that'll be a blessing to you, but first, we are going to have a song. <clears throat> From where he ascended, an angel of the Lord declared that it would be. He said, don't stand here grieving for the one that you see leaving. In like manners coming back for you and me. Coming back. 
he said I believe that a trumpet's gonna sound so loud One day it'll wake the dead In the twinkling of an eye He'll split the eastern sky And I believe he's coming back Like he said I believe the time is nearing We will soon see his appearing And this could be the hour oh yes this just might be the day when the saints from every nation they're gonna lose their gravitation and in the middle of the air be caught away and I believe he's coming back like he said and I believe that a trumpet's gonna sound so loud one day it'll wake the dead in the twinkling of an eye he'll split the eastern sky and I believe he's coming back like he said and I believe he's coming back like he said I believe that a trumpet's gonna sound so loud one day it'll wake the dead in the twinkling of the eastern sky and I believe he's coming back like he said and I believe he's coming back like he said like he said Amen. I hope that was a blessing to you as it was to me. I believe the Lord Jesus Christ is coming uh, back. And what a blessing that is to know. That blessed assurance that one day our Lord is coming in the clouds to receive us up again. We're not living for the here and now, but we are living for eternity. That's actually a little bit of our discussion today here in Matthew chapter 6. Uh, that our life is not necessarily about what we can gain in this earth, but our life is about what we can lay up for store in heaven. I'm in Matthew chapter 6, you're beginning in verse number 19. Jesus says, Lay not up for yourself treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Uh, Matthew chapter 6 is part of the greatest sermon ever preached. And it's preached by the greatest preacher to have ever walked the face of this earth, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Where are they at? They're on a hillside in the upper region of Galilee. 
right there by the Sea of Galilee. He has thousands of people who've been following him because of the sickness he's been healing, because of the disease he's been healing, because of the miracles he has been performing. He has gathered quite a crowd. He has disciples who have been following him as well. These are people who are seeking to learn after him. Now, we know that Jesus had 12 disciples, but he also had more than that. He had people who were following him, seeking to learn about him, seeking to learn from him. Uh, some, at this point, were in the kingdom of God. Uh, they had trusted him fully. They had believed him to be the Messiah, as Peter did. Uh, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Uh, but some were not in the kingdom, uh, like Judas Iscariot. Uh, Judas was not saved. Pastor preached on that Sunday night, just a phenomenal message. Uh, Judas missed his opportunity as a disciple of Jesus Christ. But he's speaking to a mixed multitude here, and really the theme of the Sermon on the Mount, if you read your Bible, Matthew 5 through 7, is the nature of those who are in the kingdom of God. In other words, the nature of true believers, uh, the nature of true Christians. Uh, those who are true followers of me, who are in the kingdom of God, this is how they are supposed to live, and this is what I want to do in them. It's not necessarily this is what's required to get to the kingdom, but this is how I want the kingdom to be shown through their life. And so there are some listening here who aren't part of the kingdom, but there are others listening here who are part of the kingdom. Uh, they're, they're, this, they're true Christians. Uh, they're true believers. And Jesus is laying out for them how they are supposed to live and how they're supposed to think as citizens of this kingdom. Hey, aren't you glad this afternoon that we are not citizens of just this earth, but oh, we're citizens of a country far away. We're a citizen of a place called heaven. And as citizens of heaven, simply this, we are pilgrims passing through. And there are some mindsets, there are some mentalities that Jesus wants each and every one of us to have. And so here, Matthew chapter 6, uh, verses actually 19 through 34, talk about the priorities of a kingdom citizen the priorities of a true Christian. What type of priorities are we supposed to have as believers? And here in the first few verses that we're going to zoom into today, Jesus wants us to not prioritize earthly riches, but to prioritize heavenly riches. Uh, please understand, uh, it's not wrong to gain wealth. Uh, it's not wrong to make investments. It's not wrong to uh, consume certain things on this side of earth. It's not wrong to, be, to have things, uh, but it is wrong, as it's been said many times, for those things to have us. Uh, the Bible says in Colossians, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Here it is. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. It's not bad to have things, but it is bad when those things have us. And so we just need to make sure that we are prioritizing the work of God, that we are prioritizing the will of God, that we are prioritizing how God wants us to live and what we can do for God right now to build treasures in heaven rather than just building treasures on earth. Notice the Bible says here, lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. It's not that it's bad to lay up treasures. It's just a matter of where you're laying the treasure up. What's your focus? What's your priority? Something we all have to be so careful of. And here we see a few reasons that we should prioritize heavenly treasures over earthly treasures. Number one, we should prioritize heavenly treasures over earthly treasures because earthly treasures are not secure. Uh, they're passing away. They're fading away. 
Remember who Jesus is speaking to here. He's speaking to a mixed multitude. Some people in the crowd are very wealthy, and some people in the crowd are not so wealthy. And he's relating this truth to them that the priority should be God's will and should be the kingdom work. Notice he says, earthly treasures will pass away. Lay not up for yourself treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and still. So he says, where moth doth corrupt. What's the idea there? In this time period, people who were very wealthy would gather so many garments. And what would they do with those garments? They put those garments into their closet. Now what happens, maybe you've been in an old house, or maybe you've seen this even happen, uh, there are certain dust mites that can come in, they can get in. Uh, there are certain types of moths that can get in and can begin to eat away at the fabric uh, of those clothes. Now to have any type of uh, extravagant clothing during this time was a big deal. It meant that you had some money, it meant that you were wealthy to some degree. But here's what he's saying. You can lay up for yourself as many clothes as you want in your closets. You can have as many extravagant outfits as you want. But here's the reality. There's going to come a time where there are going to be some moths that are going to come in and they're going to destroy. They're going to cause those things to lose value. Uh, you're putting your money in, you're putting your resources in a bucket that's filled with holes if you're putting everything into just the earthly possessions of clothes. And then also it says here of rust. Uh, there are certain there are certain uh, jewelries, there are certain uh, possessions that people would have during this time that if you let them sit for a while there in the Galilean area, uh, rust would develop very, very quickly. Uh, we understand today, uh, you can buy a new car, but in 50 years, that new car is no longer going to be new. And if it's still around, it's going to have some rust on it. Uh, it's amazing how we can invest so much of our life into getting possessions that are eventually going to fade away. What's he saying here? Heavenly treasures do not lose their value, but earthly treasures do. And so he's encouraging them, don't spend your time, don't spend your focus investing, prioritizing earthly treasures and neglecting the heavenly treasures. And then it says here, thieves can break through and steal. Uh, now, thankfully, we live in a pretty safe area and we live in a safe country compared to what they may have experienced back then. But you understand if the right thief or the right group of people, the right group of bandits came in this time and wiped out a whole house, they could, they could take away everything that somebody had worked for for their whole life. And at that time, they didn't have insurance like they do today. Uh, you, you understand what he's saying here. He's saying, look, don't prioritize the things that are going to pass away, the things that are going to fade away, the things that are going to lose their value with time or could be taken from you just like that. Prioritize that which is heavenly. Prioritize laying up for yourself treasures in heaven. We're going to lay up treasures somewhere. We might as well make them eternal treasures. And then we also see here that earthly treasures can control us. The first reason, earthly treasures are not secure. Oh, isn't that so true? They pass away, they fade away. Uh, one of the most eye-opening things for me uh, in recent years has been to go to estate sales uh, after somebody has passed away and uh, a lot of their items are being sold. And as you go through that house, I, I remember seeing one house specifically recently that as I walked through the house, I saw item after item after item after item that this person had acquired throughout their life. Now it was being sold for far less than it was acquired for. Now all those possessions were just being sold to people here and there. What were they trying to do? They were simply trying to get rid of it to clear the house out. Uh, one of the days, one of these days, uh, everything that we worked for, Everything on this earth that we have tried to get and we've tried to work for, we've tried to grab after, the truth is this, it's all going to fade away. And somebody may sell it at a Goodwill store. Uh, somebody may get it in a thrift store somewhere. 
but it's all going to be gone. And so if we focus on uh, material possessions, we're going to lose the value. We are going to misguide our prioritize from heavenly possessions. But then secondly, as I mentioned here, why should we prioritize heavenly treasures over earthly treasures? Because earthly treasures can have a way of controlling us. Notice the Bible says here in verse number 21, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And then in verse number 24, no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. What's Jesus saying here? He's saying that earthly treasures, earthly possessions, have a way of controlling us as individuals. God and mammon, what's that mean? God and money. You're going to have one master. Either God's going to be first, or money will be first. Either the Lord will be Lord of your life, or money will be the Lord of our lives. I find it interesting when Jesus was calling his disciples unto himself so many times, he required of them that they would leave their earthly security, their earthly possessions. As the fishermen were by the seashore, Jesus said, forsake your nets and follow me. As the tax collector was about his way, Matthew, what did he say? He said, forsake it. Leave your occupation. I now have something new for you. And Jesus didn't try to sugarcoat it. He wasn't trying to give some slick sales pitch to follow him. He was straightforward. He said in the book of, uh, he said, The foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. What was he saying? He's saying, look, if you're looking to follow me to get rich, then you're in the wrong business. If you're trying to follow me to gain something for yourself of this earthly possession, oh, you're in it for the wrong reason. Uh, when you follow me, you're following me because I'm Lord, and money is not your Lord. And so here we see that he says, why? Because you're going to have a master. He doesn't want half our heart. He wants our whole heart. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse number 5 says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. If money is our priority, then it will take away the love that we have for God. We'll love something more than our God. Uh, we understand here at Valentine's Day uh, that our family, our, our spouse, uh, the people that we love, we ought to love them with, with our whole heart. We ought to give everything to them uh, as we give everything to God. But if we allow things to take away from that love, things to distract our love, then it will hinder us in loving those in right in front of us. That's what it's saying here. If you love things, those things are going to keep you from loving God ultimately. What did Paul say about Demas? Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Demas may have loved money a little too much. Demas may have loved possessions a little too much. Demas may have loved earthly goods a little too much. This is a mentality that can so easily creep into our minds as believers. Why? Because it's the mentality of our society. They're always advertising the next best thing. Always advertising the next best gadget to get the next clothing line to receive, always advertising the next car to buy. Possessions, 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 buy this, buy that, buy this, buy that. And you understand, in buying this and buying that, we will never find fulfillment outside of following the Lord Jesus Christ with everything. There's a third reason Jesus gives here. Why to prioritize heavenly treasures? Why to prioritize kingdom work? Why to prioritize the will of God and the work of God in our lives? above earthly possessions 
Here's the third reason. Because prioritizing earthly treasures can distort our vision. If you're reading your Bible there, please listen. Uh, the Bible says here in verse number uh, 22, For the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? Now what are these verses saying here? Uh, here's the idea. When the Bible talks about the eye, it's referring to the eye as like a window. The eye is a window into the soul of man. It's a window into the life of a man. What's received? Uh, maybe right now you're sitting by a window somewhere. Maybe it's in your car. You're looking through it as you're driving. Uh, maybe it's in your home. But you see that window. Now what happens if that window develops a lot of dust on it, begins to become caked with dust? The light on the inside is diminished. Am I right? Uh, maybe you have snow. We haven't had a lot of snow this year, but we've had some frost. And when that frost is caked over that windshield, what happens? It prevents the sunlight from coming in. If there is something on that window, maybe you've been in an old house and that old house has a window that has begun to become distorted and it's changed a little bit, uh, whatever is coming through the window will be distorted by the nature of that window. So if there's dirt on the window, then the light on the inside of the room is going to be affected. If the window is only is covered with blinds except for a little part, you agree, the room is not going to be as light as it would otherwise. What's the idea of this verse here? It's saying, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, in other words, be clear, that be wholesome, thy whole body shall be full of light. In other words, the light's going to come through clearly. But if thine eye be evil, if there's a lot of stuff covering the eye, a lot of stuff covering the window, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. Now, please understand this. When the Bible refers to an evil eye, and it refers to the single eye, oftentimes it is referring to a generous heart or an ungenerous heart. I'll read for you, actually. The Bible says in the book of Deuteronomy, talking about those in the welfare system and helping out the poor, Beware that there be not a thought in thy wicked heart, saying the seventh year, the year of release, is at hand. And thine eye be, watch this, thine eye be evil against thy poor brother, and thou givest him not, and he cry unto the Lord against thee, and it be a sin unto thee. Uh, and this time in Deuteronomy, the wealthy people were supposed to help the poor people. And there came a time they were supposed to do this. And the Bible says that this person, if his eye be evil, in other words, if he be a selfish person, if he be greedy, if he's ungenerous, that's an evil eye. The book of Proverbs also gives us this, Proverbs 28, 22. He that hasteneth to be rich hath an evil eye. So it's talking about people who are generous versus people who are ungenerous. And when somebody has an evil eye, when somebody is ungenerous, when somebody is greedy, is only concerned about consuming for themselves rather than giving to others, what happens? Their vision is distorted. They don't see the world clearly. They don't see others clearly. How is their vision distorted? How is their vision clouded? Uh, they may view others wrong. They may view the worth of others based on what they have, not who they are. Here's what happens if we're greedy, if our eye is evil, we will view ourselves wrongly. Uh, what does it take to be successful in this world? Is it making lots of money? No. Is it gathering lots of resources? No. Uh, we're going to die and those things are going to go with, and they aren't going to go with us. Oh, but we're going to start viewing things in the wrong light. We'll begin to believe that it's about getting all we can if our eye is evil, if we have a greedy heart. It clouds our vision 
of our purpose in life. Uh, what else will it do? It will cloud our vision for maybe our children's lives as well. Our children aren't successful until they reach a certain pay level, or they aren't successful if they choose this career path, helping people, serving people, versus this career path where they're not. Hey, God's will is the greatest thing for any life. Uh, God's purpose is the greatest thing for any individual. And if your kid goes to the mission field and spends their life serving other people, sharing the gospel with people, helping the poor, helping the sick, helping the afflicted, Oh, that's the success in the eyes of God. And it, listen, it's far more successful for them to do that if that's God's will for them in life. For them to go sit into an office building all day, every day, seven days a week for the next 30 years. And sure, they may have a good paycheck. Sure, they may gain a lot of material possessions, but they aren't in the will of God and they missed it. Now, if God's called somebody to be in an office building, that's a great thing. And if God's called somebody to be a light in corporate America, that is a great thing. But please understand, success in this life is not found in the paycheck. Success in this life is found in accomplishing God's specific will for each and every one of us. And so our vision will be clouded, though, if we have an evil eye, if we love money, if we prioritize possessions. Uh, not only that, it will cloud our vision from right and wrong. Watch out for people who love money because they will not see right and wrong clearly as they ought to. As I was studying for this, I was reading about how in Great Britain, uh, during that last century, uh, there were some Christians that began to raise the alarm about child labor. Uh, individuals working uh, in the factories, being mistreated, oftentimes were seven, eight years old. In one case, uh, they found a three-year-old working in one of those factories. Such a sad thing. When Christians began to protest the situation, here's what happened. Other believers throughout England actually complained. Here's what they said. They said reform would bring economic chaos to the country. They were neglecting the right thing. Why? Because their focus was only on the finances and not what was right. And not only that, it will darken our inner life. Uh, you want to neglect the voice of God in your life. You want to cloud out the voice of God in your life. Uh, here's what will do it. The priority of money. The priority of possessions. The priority of what can I get, not what can I give. And so here Jesus encourages us as kingdom citizens. Here he encourages you as a kingdom citizen, as a believer, somebody who's not going to be forever on this earth. It's okay to have things. It's okay to gain wealth. But hey, it's not okay to make those things our priority. What should be our priority? Here it is. Notice it says, Lay it for yourself, treasured in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. We can give our life to the Lord. We can give our life to his ministry. We can make our life all about telling others about Jesus Christ and glorifying God. And as we do that, here's what we're showing. We really do know. We really do believe that we are on the winning side. Yes, I'm on the winning side. Thank you for joining us today on the Winning Side podcast with Jeremy Coburnett, pastor of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. If today's episode encouraged you in your Christian life, would you consider sharing this daily podcast with a friend, a neighbor, maybe a family member, or a coworker? We are grateful for your help in spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. If we can ever be a help to you in any way, please let us know by calling or texting us at 252-308-4600. Thanks again for listening today. 
and we look forward to having you join us again next time on The Winning Side Podcast with Jeremy Coburnett.